There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. It is Drive Live. It's 22 after 6. John Defterios joins us on the line uh, from London. Uh, John, welcome back. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much. Yeah, I've been on the road. I was supposed to come back to Abu Dhabi uh, over the weekend, but because of the Turkish uh, crisis and the lira, they had me come back to London from Istanbul. So, busy summer. Uh, I well, we'll come to some of the stuff that you've been doing, John. But I wanted to start with Turkey, uh, actually, in your uh, coverage there. This is a, let's put it this way, a developing story, John. Uh, it is. Let's let's talk about Turkey, and then we can kind of broaden it out to the other emerging markets. Mm. But uh, this has included, you know, the political nature of Donald Trump taking issue with. Uh, Andrew Brunson, the American pastor, has been held for two years there. They thought they had an agreement with Turkey for almost a prisoner swap. There's a banker uh, that's being held in the United States for perhaps skirting sanctions in the Middle East. Uh, So they thought they had a deal and it fell apart. And and Erdogan's playing a pretty tough game, but he's getting it back and then some. Because every tweet that President Trump sends kind of knocks the the lira for a, a real whack. Now, it's interesting because they had put together a number of different emergency measures throughout the week that I was in Istanbul, uh, one to limit the ability for Turkish banks to cash out and go into dollars. So you can almost not trade the lira in the international markets. Uh, They put a a package together to restructure business loans and personal loans. Uh, But the reality is there's two sides of the story. There's the, the Trump effect and what's taking place with the U.S. intentions. But this has been brewing in Turkey for a long, long time, for at least two years. Current account deficits high, inflation is nearly 16%. They were pushing growth ahead of the election, so they had 7% growth in the first quarter of the year. And the big business association that I interviewed on Thursday and Friday was suge- suggested they could end up in a recession by the end of this year. So basically, you know, fortune to collapse in the span of 12 months. And unfortunately for the Turks, you guys, they're in the pole position, as I like to say. They're the first ones up in this storm against emerging markets. So it's not going to be pretty. This is not over by any stretch of the imagination. And John, I mean, why do you think that President Trump is so angry with Erdogan in terms of this situation? It's got so out of hand now. Yeah, two strong personalities. Uh, now, at least that's and pretty stubborn on both ends, to be candid. But the agreement was, and I talked to a source there before I left, who's very close to the Erdogan uh, inner circle, was that they were going to release Brunson, and then a week later, uh, the banker, the Turkish banker that's in the States, was going to be released thereafter, a week later. Uh, the Israelis were holding a Turkish uh, female person held in, in, in the, the jails there. She had already been released. So Trump lost face when, in fact, he didn't keep to the agreement. And Erdogan had second thoughts, like, why am I releasing my person and the U.S. gets to do it a week later? And Trump was furious. It became very, very personal. And hence, they both the tweet and then Friday before he left for the weekend, he talked to reporters and said, you know, we're not going to take this sitting down. Uh, let's just wait to see what we do about it. And it's complicated back at home because the, the president, when he won the election, put his son-in-law in as a super minister of finance and treasury doesn't have an economics background he's a business guy a finance background but it's a different kind of uh resume that you need for that job so he doesn't have the confidence of london new york the financial centers in asia 
So they're coming under a real increased pressure as a result of the politics, and they don't really have the apparatus within the ministries that deal with it. it sounds odd because Erdogan's been there for 15 years, but he swept out 150,000 people and put them under arrest, right? So he doesn't have the kind of weight within the ministries anymore to deal with the firefighting. And because the U.S. is the largest shareholder of the International Monetary Fund, he refuses to go to the fund as well. So as I said in my previous answer, it's going to get much worse before it gets better for Turkey, and it's bringing down the other emerging markets at the same time. Well, I wanted to ask you about the, that contagion effect, John, because if you look at the language here, the, the language in, and I guess foreign policy uh, terms, and that usually leads to a real feel of contagion. Uh, senior U.S. officials wondering whether Turkey could even be considered a true NATO ally. Well, I tell you, that this is pretty pretty thorny, and it gets mm. even more complicated. I'll try to keep it simple. Uh, the Turks decided to order S-400 uh, missile systems from Russia, infuriated the United States. They have a huge order for 60 F-35 U.S. jet fighters. They've received two of them. They don't have the source code to use them. So this is massive stalemate. Turkey is important because it's on the northern border of Syria. So you can see how complex it is, right? And now there's a lack of trust when it comes to Turkey's membership into NATO. But Erdogan says we're so vitally important in the region, we don't trust you either because you just will cut uh, our currency and our economy down to size. Now, the contagion word you write, Tim, has come back in, and I'll tell you why it has, because Mm -hmm. we've had almost 10 years since the financial crisis before. And a lot of these emerging markets were getting capital in because the interest rates were so low in Europe and particularly the United States. The U.S. is growing at 4%, raises its interest rates, the dollar gets stronger. It's almost like a vacuum cleaner or a Hoover in the emerging markets. It's just sucking capital out of the, out of the emerging markets into the United States. At the same time, you know, Turkey has its current account deficit and its own domestic problems because it's gotten very political in Turkey ahead of the elections. And you can see the perfect storm, right? Politics between Trump and Erdogan, the dollar and interest rates are rising, domestic problems with the economy in Turkey. And there's other four or five economies suffering. South Africa's got similar problems, Indonesia, Malaysia, Brazil, Argentina, to a lesser extent, Russia. So you could see how this could become a global problem in two to three months. You know, it's not percolating horribly right now, but it's just warming up. And when I left Turkey, I had some business people said they're just kind of battening down the hatches. Interest rates in the banks now, 30 to 35 percent. I mean, who could ever borrow money at 30 to 35 percent and try to run a business? And that's what they're faced with today. And finally, John, let's move to neighbouring Greece. It's a country you cover quite a lot and uh, it's come out of its EU plan. So do we think things are looking brighter for Greece now? Well, they paid a heavy price for it, Natalie and Tim. They, they lost you know, almost 40% of their economy during the crisis. They grew 1.4% last year, probably 2% this year. The worst is over. You know, we were there for holiday and a driver that we've used for 10 years and he also drives for CNN. He says, you know, after you get beaten up so badly, your expectations are pretty low. So they've kind of been you know, fatigued by, you know, six-year crisis. And it's starting to grow again, but it's not coming out of it easily. So the worst is over. The problem that you really have at the bottom of this, though, is that 40% cut and you know, government salaries, 40% cut in pensions. Can you imagine that? If you had your pension, you worked for the government, your pension was cut 40%. Uh, unemployment went from 30% down to around 20%. So again, an improvement, but 20% unemployment is, you know, radical. 
but there's money starting to go in. Uh, I was there in April working on one square meter, and uh, the UAE has invested in the Astir Palace, fantastic resort. They're restructuring. They bought into the Hellenicon old airport, seven-kilometer stretch of sand near Athens, fantastic development project. The Chinese are into the port. So some foreign investment came in, but just the Greeks don't feel that they're growing, and they have a lot of opportunity around the corner. So they know the bottom is reached. They're starting to build up. But when you lose 30% of your GDP, you can imagine that in the UAE, losing a third of your GDP, it feels awful, right? And it's a long road back, and it's, they're not going to grow quickly out of this. Let's, let's put it that way. John Defterios, based generally here in uh, the UAE and Abu Dhabi with CNN, but in London at the moment. John, really appreciate talking to you. Good. Uh, you guys take care. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcast at DubaiEye1038.com.